0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more, so you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Hello
1: and welcome to this Foot Weekly podcast. It's week seven and it's a gameplay episode. A couple of people who know their gameplay and Josh Spreadsheet FIFA as well. Hello.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. What an intro. Yes, no, very much so. I will... uh...
1: I will kneel at the feet of the other two guests, and indeed. Yeah, although well, I am, of course, pulling your leg a bit, because you can learn from people of any ability in terms of FIFA gameplay, because there's a lot out there that you can learn, that you can implement. Um, but we will be getting some pro-level tips on this podcast, and we have a near pro-level player in Hubert, first of all. Hello, welcome back.
3: Thank you for having me. It's good to be back after another exciting weekend league, got to 19 wins this time, nice. so... Great, Doing yes. well and then uh, lost a ton of value on my team. So, you know, it all evens out. Well, yeah, our next guest, although he's a very good player, it's not Japes. Japes had a bit of an emergency
1: situation during the content pod. All seems to be okay, but he couldn't make it back for this podcast, which is funny because we spent a long time trying to sync up our next guest schedule with the time zone change and everything. Well, that's fine because we're very pleased to have him on the podcast. It is hashtag United pro player Tom Stokes. Welcome back.
4: It's been a while. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's been about a year since... um. I last came on, so yeah. Is it really that long? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, wow! It's good to have you back on, and I'm sure you've learned
1: plenty over the last couple of weeks of foot. And we'll talk about that. Uh, first of all, we do before we get into kind of gameplay nitty gritty. Often do player reviews. So, Tom, is there anyone in your team that you've been using, particularly more recently? I suppose, but it doesn't have to be uh, that you know you can recommend to people. And over pros, this is often not the most accessible for listeners. So, if there's a sort
4: of cheap end player, that's always nice because for you, that's probably a few hundred k. Yeah. No, um my most recent purchase and what I've been using over the last day or two is um the new Perisic card. Oh yeah, yeah. Obviously quite accessible really. I think he's around about 100,000, so mm. um not not too pricey, but he's uh yeah, he's got really nice stats, very versatile. I feel like um a couple of people have been have different ideas on how to use him. Like I've seen a few people use him as like a wing back or even further forward, but I've been having him in as a like a central midfielder, box to box kind of Thing because he's got some really nice well rounded stats. I think he's uh he's only lacking in a few stats to make him like all eighties. So that would have been um he's close to that mm. and he just he just does feel quite good in games. Got some nice five star weak foot as well. So what system is he playing in then, and what position is he playing? So currently I've been um doing a lot of work with a four three two one, which is obviously the three midfielders. Oh, yeah. But the the four three two one has a more attacking midfielder, but he's not that guy. He's he's. He's one of the ones sitting on the uh, other side, which is kind of to balance it off. I currently have him and... Um, well, I've been using Yaya Toure or Renato Sanchez as the as like the defensive player. And he kind of mm. has a bit more free roam, but a bit more box-to-box. But obviously, it's quite an attacking formation. He gets involved uh, on both ends. So, yeah, that's interesting. Not the most advanced of the midfield three. Do you have yeah. that set up where you have
1: one of the forwards come back and join the midfield? So it's like defending a 4-4-2.
4: Yeah, so de- de- defending a 4-4-2, um, have the left forward coming back and obviously have the... Um, the left back pushing forward. So mm. that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of how I've been playing these days. Yeah, is the intention to overload there. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole idea is, um, it's kind it's kind of a frustrating thing for me. I don't, I don't like it, but, um, players on this game, they don't really seem to know how to track fullbacks. So a lot of the time, I'm sure you've been playing a few times where people just constantly have their fullbacks open if they push them up. Mm. And, uh, I have Cancelo constantly pushing down the left and he's, um, he's quite a good outlet often. And obviously with having cristiano ronaldo on my team or um any taller people i just just use him as a either to cross it or cut the ball back across the box you know so yeah mm. and what fullback is that did you say so You're that's using... The, i'm using inform Cancelo. uh obviously he's right footed but with the trevella i feel like um you can't you can get away with it a lot this year in mm. terms of he's got good he's quite good with these his feet and stuff you know it's probably one of the only realistic Travella uses because in real life he actually does them, doesn't he? So Yeah, no, exactly. Well,
1: yeah, we'll talk more about tactics later in the podcast. We did talk about a similar formation actually on last week's Supporter Gameplay episode. But Josh, what about you? Any particular players you've used, enjoyed or, or not?
2: <laughs> yeah, um, I'm mainly playing on a, a first owner account this year and uh, I packed geese's Road to the Final card uh, and he got a plus two upgrade in that kind of first round of Road to the Knockout upgrades. And it's taken him from being a player who I really liked subbing on to a player who is now has to be in my starting 11. I've got him alongside Kessier as kind of my two defensively minded midfielders, but I have Zamborghisa. He's not on stay back while attacking. He's just on kind of basic and the runs he makes forward, he seems to always be the open man. And he's got Incredible dribbling for quite a powerful midfielder, mm. and it, it's just really, really noticeable. And he's going to get an upgrade to eighty-seven as well. And I, I, I just can't see him leaving my team unless I move away from Serie A. But I, I packed uh, Brolin hero card out of uh, my 50k pack from my 11 wins so (laughs) so i think i might be sticking with the with serial for a small while yet um so yeah he's he's been superb for me a play that you can't get anymore um the sheraldo becker player pick spc is a fantastic utilization option off the bench he's kind of decent in the air strong quick i don't i took the one with dribbling that isn't all in the 70s because you know you kind of do need to be able to control the ball, <laughs> but he's been he's been a great option coming off the bench for someone like Benzema as the game gets a little bit more stretched towards the end. But yeah, they they would be they would be my two options. They're definitely, I, if if you're running Serie a and you're not using that
1: Zambagisa. I would I'd highly highly recommend him. Yeah, it's interesting because I was put off not like a fit with my team, but by the fact that he was medium low, low defensive work right, and three star three star. But you're saying that hasn't really mattered like you don't see him not putting in the work not at all i i think i think with the way that the game is this year
2: as well you have to have cover center on him he's not the kind he's not mobile enough maybe that's where the low defensive work rate comes in that he kind of if you have him on if you leave him on the automatic which is cover wings which i've never really understood on two central midfield players um Mm. he he doesn't quite cover that ground but as long as he's in the center and you can pick him up he's He's absolutely fine defensively, and and I think he's got ninety-two stand tackle with an anchor. He's just defensively one of the best midfielders, but I I, I don't know. He's got he's got eighty-seven attacking position, and that might be it. I've, I've I've just brought his card up, and going forward, he just picks up really clever
1: positions that can break down kind of very compact defenses. Mm, high composure as well, high base. Mm standing tackle so yeah no there's some really good stats there Uh, that's a good shout and hugh what about you who have you used uh, recently and want to give a shout out to
3: trying to remember because i sold off most of the team but um (laughs) i will say and this is not like groundbreaking at all but inform holland is so good i think he might be better than golden Bappe. whoa and i say that mostly because from corners he's just ridiculous i've had people, you know, try to triple team him in the box and he just stands there and just heads it straight over them. Mm. And like between the, the Olympico corner technique and the similar technique where you just aim it at a player, I feel like I probably score a goal from 75% or more of my corners like Mm. with Holland. It's just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I actually tried my best to counter Harland this weekend with centre-back upgrades I tried both Fofana and Dumfries the out position versions Fofana was very good and was effective but I think the thing to bear in mind with him is a much better midfielder definitely I felt because he's four star four star he's a bit wasted there but the other issue I found was actually his sprint speed when I was chasing players down, I didn't feel he could get there where Dumfries, because he has an additional six sprint speed over Fafana, he was getting to Harland and catching him up. Also, although they're very similar, otherwise it's worth noting while they're both lengthy with Shadow, you can play Shadow as default. Uh, you may want to end up playing anchor on Fafana, which makes him slower because his jumping is only 72 and he's six foot, whereas Dumfries, he's 92 jumping at six foot two. So one pretty much everything in the air considering Fofana is more expensive as well, although even if they were the same price, I'd still probably go Dumfries. Dumfries for me, definitely the better centre-back, but Fofana really excelled in midfield, really, really good there, and someone that I think offers fantastic value. Can only start though as a centre-back CDM or left-back, which is a bit restrictive. And the only other downside was maybe both of them having 84 defensive awareness with a shadow is a, a little lower than other very good centre backs you can get for quite cheap. So that's maybe one thing to consider too. Uh, but we've probably made remedi- but I think we're ready to move on from reviews now. We can talk tactics. Tommy, you already talked to us a bit about yours already, but I'm interested in terms of the specifics of a tactic, attacking, defensive. Do you have press after possession loss or anything like that on?
4: So the, I've, I've noticed the press after possession loss is very effective um, in champs and qualifiers stuff like that but i think once you get to the certain point in the um in rivals they they're very good at punishing you for it and um i think while you get a a couple free goals i always tell people like if you are struggling against the press you need to focus on going around and not through so by that i mean you never want to quickly try and pass up the field you want to go around the side because when a lot of the common mistake is people just quickly trying to pass out because they can feel the pressure but if you can go some somehow to your fullback or even even further back as your goalie and then go round the side up up the wings that's where you're gonna punish people mm. that's what pros are really good at they um they' are very good at like, just getting getting pressed and just knowing how to come around it and then they've also got a really good uh counter situation so I just stay on a balanced defense I think I like it but I've also got um seventy two depth because it allows for me to um use the auto side traps which is um I think good because you you don't want to you don't want to sink too deep you don't invite too much pressure especially the the Travella meta you kind of want to be of like make it possible that you can get into their face a little bit and not allow them that space because obviously I do know when, when to move the keeper and, and whatnot but a lot of the time you don't want to have to be constantly moving keeper you want to be able to mark the passes into the box you know so that's that's why I, mm. I don't like to sit too deep
1: yeah that's a good point so the auto off side for those who don't know it's above 70 depth Is it actually for 71 depth or does yeah it? i'm
4: not sure about that someone said mentioned something like that it's, it's either 70 or 71 but I, I do 72 just to be very safe yeah or yeah, yeah. Well, similar actually i've been doing 71 because that's
1: when the like text description changes in the tactics oh does so it? i think right yeah there's yeah. like a slightly different description as to what your team's doing when you go to 71 and then above 71 you know it will stay the same as being like high depth so I guess that's why people think of that as being the sort of cutoff point for auto offsides, which is basically where your team will kind of push up and catch your opponent offside. Yeah. And it didn't really happen last year, I feel like. It was really annoying,
4: right? No, they, they actually took it out for a year. Yeah, yeah. It was very powerful in 21, but um, essentially it's kind of, it makes it very difficult for them to pick through your defence because your defence is m- moving up and down quite a little bit, like, so makes it uneven. But at the same time, y- it sounds like it'd be easy to cut pass through, but... It really isn't. It just is pretty perfect for the game. Yeah, because that's the thing. Hugh, we were getting annoyed about this last cycle. I remember on various
1: podcasts where if your opponent played direct passing, attacking tactic, you'd be in a situation where your opponent had really easy passes into the box because they were just pushing your defense back, right?
3: Yeah, no, I agree. Especially if you're someone who's trying to press or at least be a more proactive um, defender higher up the pitch. You know, It makes it a lot easier when that back is going to move up for you and you don't have to be trying to, you know, double tap the D pad down while you're also trying to press and things like mm. that. So I think it, it's definitely useful if that's how you're trying to play. I think I would say that, you know, if you're not trying to press, then just be aware that, you know, if you're setting it to that level that, you know, you're still going to have that more aggressive backline even if you're not pressing as well. So you just have to be, you know, aware of those movements.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I'd almost argue, though, even if you're not pressing it, maybe still is the best thing to do just because it stops those really easy passes that people can make to, you know. I, but then it's less bad this cycle, even on lower depths. So, you know, auto offside, it's not just auto offside, which helps it. It's the kind of, shape and the fact you're higher so yeah no it is a fair point what about you josh have you been going for any particular depth um i i've tended to stick in the kind of uh low
2: 60s i'm i'm not brave enough to to go too high at this point um my my defensive capabilities are better when i have more men behind the ball Very Sean Deitch. So it was um, one of the first times I think that I've kind of moved my depth up past 60 this year. Um, I kind of settled on 61 for last weekend, moved up to 65 this weekend, and improved my record. I'm I'm one of the people that will only ever play till 11 wins because after it, it's just like I don't find it enjoyable. So, uh, you know, you've got to find your enjoyment when you can. But this week I went 11 and 2 and really felt that that it, even i i feel this year more than ever you can f- you can really feel the little changes in your tactics and depth mm. is one of the big ones for that i feel like the difference between 60 and 65 depth is really noticeable i'm sure when you go up to something like 72 and you start getting the auto off side traps it's even more noticeable mm. yeah it's it's one of the big things that i think a lot of people automatically tended last year to make a little bit deeper if they weren't quite as confident in their abilities. But I think this year, it really, really helps for all abilities to just move that depth a little
1: bit higher, um, regardless Mm. of how you'd like to defend. Well, actually, yeah. I mean, they said that one of the things they've done is make depth more impactful. So uh, also that depth is basically starting higher, right? 50 depth is a higher depth than it was previously even. So that's kind of something to bear in mind. One thing... Uh, on depth to say and i guess it's worth just mentioning it as uh, a lot of people don't know this and when you think about it it doesn't necessarily make sense initially but depth doesn't affect you when you're attacking right i mean it is under defensive isn't it people think "Oh, depth that means my whole team is going to be higher when i'm attacking but actually it impacts only the defensive phase so it's more like at what point your team is going to engage your opponent when you're defending in that sense it's not going to be as catastrophic for people kind of running in behind you as a lot of people think it is so i kind of would say push it higher if you're someone listening to this and wondering i think it's worth at least trying it and it can actually be a, you know a big benefit and talking of uh, what are the biggest questions, I'm going to go straight to this, we've had more recently. And yes, people ask about this all the time to some extent, every cycle, but it's definitely the case this year. And particularly for two formations, the 4222 and the 4231 is how to handle people sitting very deep and trying to counter. So Neil says, I already had some useful advice in the discord, but I'd be interested in the podcast for you on the best way to counter the preponderance of opponents who use a 4222 and sit deep with six minimum behind the ball, particularly in terms of formations that counter it well or any tips for forcing an opening when they're so intent on keeping the cursor over their CDMs. I don't know whether this is something, Tom, you face at your level. Do people have to be more expansive? Do they have to push more players forward? Or do you find that you're still getting plenty of opponents who are just kind of sitting in trying to be as negative as possible?
4: Um, no, you definitely you definitely get that. You get that often. I think um, what I said about the, uh, the fullbacks is the key this year I mean Traveller Traveller is your first and um, your first go-to I think with Traveller and you don't even re- at the moment I don't know if it will change I'm assuming it will change but at the moment you don't even have to green your shots you just have to um get the power right and I think that's the key because I don't think people realize just how strong it is I think with the people sitting really deep you will get multiple ch- multiple chances to, to just um hit one and I think as long as you don't make it completely obvious like what you're about to do like maybe you shift and change the direction late you don't want to set it up like set it up so obviously but obviously for your first try should be Travel but if that's not working if, if you got someone who's um moving their goalkeeper or or you can't seem to score them for whatever reason I think maybe even pausing and getting one or maybe two balanced fullbacks you can be open to counter-attacks but you will get in behind them a lot and you can get down the byline and obviously down the byline this year again is very dangerous mm. those people who sit like that generally don't really know how to um stop those kind of things so you should be able to um get in behind down the byline and and work your way inside and try and get the pass into the box i think that's the best the best solution against it
1: yeah because i guess the thing is if there's someone who's sitting really deep even when they're kind of defending or in the defensive phase that's one thing and something like the traveller shooting from distance i guess power shots even Hmm. for opponents who are like basically not going forward with really many players at all and they're sitting there waiting for you with six players even when they're attacking, do you just have to forget the idea of countering and just kind of build up slowly and work the chances? Is that, is that kind of what you do?
4: Countering is always possible, but it, it really depends on the player. Like if you are if, if you are talking about a player who is very, very slow in transition, doesn't really bring that many, two pe- many people forward, then yeah, I think realistically, you aren't going to be able, you're going to have to probably forget about countering and just build your attacks up. Like the one thing they will let you have, these kind of guys, is a lot of the ball. They won't press you. You can, uh, you can, take your time and really get into the position you want to get into. And that's what I mean with the Traveller. Like you don't have to um, be overly aggressive and uh, try and force your chances. You can really take your time and um, get into the right area. Because if you hit it from the right area at the moment, especially without any patches, um, it will go in. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think just just be very careful with your attacks. Don't don't get frustrated. I think frustration is what they want. And um, yeah, just uh, try and get in them zones. And if not, the fullbacks will help you.
3: Yeah, I would definitely echo the point of trying to get extra numbers forward because then at a certain point, you know, if you outnumber them or even, you know, match the numbers, then, you know, you're really done just passing to the open player or you just need to make one player miss a tackle and then, you know, they're scrambling. So if you're trying to face someone with six players staying back, but you're only letting four or five players go forward, then naturally, you know, it's not going to be easy to create chances unless you're on the counter. So Definitely getting extra numbers forward and then just moving the ball. Don't get impatient. Just like run, like sprint right at the middle of the defense, like work it wide, pass it around, make them have to move and make decisions and then kind of take your opening when it comes up. And of course, there's other things like the power shot, the travel is that can help, but really you just have to be patient and not try to, you know, jam your way through the middle or think you can go on a skill run because then you're just going to get tackled and get countered.
1: Mm, yeah, exactly.
3: Josh, what about you? Anything that you've found particularly helpful against people who kind of
1: have so many players back that they're not really committed to the attack? I think that's the big thing, isn't it? There are two
2: types of players that tend to play very defensively, and it's those that can't defend. And so, kind of, just need essentially four different players that they can spam stand tackle with to try and kind of get the ball back in order to, mm. you know, in order to counter. And there's the people that know how to defend and are doing it just because it's very difficult to break down against the second one of those. It really is trying to create the travellers and trying to create overloads, essentially like, especially if you feel like someone is second man pressing a lot, if you can create little triangles of passing to free up, usually a midfielder or an overlapping fullback, that tends to be where the space will come. And the moment that there's, that they don't have the numbers in defense, they tend like people that play like that tend to panic and will charge after you with you know a player that's then out that they're dragging out of position and and the moment you can start getting them to pick the wrong players to put pressure that's when it's a bit easier to pick them off mm-hmm. if you're really really struggling and the, and it's getting late in a game. I I like to move to constant pressure. Like if it's if it's a draw with you know you know, if you're drawing and it's like 75 minutes in, I like moving to constant pressure for the last fifteen minutes. With five subs, it's not that much of a killer in terms of stamina. And mm. they tend when people are trying to counter, they tend to play those direct balls up to strikers. And if you can really put the pressure on, you end up with the number overload going forward. Um, and it gives you a few extra options. that they're the two ways i've found to counter it best
1: yeah and i would also say i think it really does help to change especially this year but in the past two to change to the formation roughly that they're going with just so you have a man for man matchup because if you're using like a narrow 4-1-2-1-2 and they're using like a 4-4-2 it's going to be a nightmare to press them in that because they can just pass between their fullbacks it's really awkward for you to press them so if you change to something like a 4-4-2 going to be way easier so worth pointing that out but yeah i think that's the thing it's important to have patience and think, well, the game is long. I can always switch to constant pressure. If you're one nil down against an opponent who's just playing really deep and has been the whole game, not pushing players forward, don't change things up too soon, right? You do have time. And I think that's something that I often fall into the trap of doing is trying to change my setup or tactic to catch them out. But then that leading to myself being exposed when I didn't necessarily need to go that far at this point, like trust your ability, trust that you can break them down and that you have time the number of subs available five across the match you can change the dynamic quite quickly and go pressing for the last you know 30 minutes less and that will still probably bear fruit if you like and actually you've got an extra sub and extra time too Uh, so six in total talking of subs let's sub ourselves out for a little break and we'll be back to talk more gameplay in just a second hello listener you've probably heard me mention multiple times support episodes supporters and might be wondering what that involves well uh, the podcast didn't used to be weekly i was encouraged to start the patreon to make it sustainable and i did that and it has made it sustainable in fact it's even made it twice weekly because there's a supporter episode every week this week it was the content episode next week that'll be the gameplay episode and actually you can go back and listen to past gameplay episodes if you'd like to which is nice to know it's just three pounds a month to support and keep the podcast going and you get double the podcast content as i always say and there are plenty of other perks available too at the higher tiers like the supported discord which has loads of resources or becoming an icon and you can have your name read out at the end of the podcast as well as other perks too so if you fancy that if you fancy keeping the podcast going then just search support for weekly or follow the link in the description of this pod thank you for listening to this podcast and if you're a supporter thank you very much for keeping the pod going right that ends this break so let's jump into part two Welcome back. After the break, we're going to be talking more gameplay, of course. Some tactical stuff first before some other things because it was making me think when you're saying about pushing players forward, fullbacks. Do you not think there is a bit of a risk until it get encountered there? Do you definitely recommend that to everyone?
4: It's not really a game, I think, where you can be hit down the wings. I think over the top is where a lot of people have their success and um, I don't think you get punished as much. I think transition play is difficult in this game. I don't think a lot of people go up the pitch really quickly. So having more men going forward it's not really that as much as a punishment as you think it is because sometimes you have to just think like okay this guy this guy he's uh, he might have stay forward on his winger he's 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 he countering me unbelievably like my midfielder's out of position everyone's out of position and i need to um take a break and just work out not not use his formation not use his tactic because mm. he's got me countered well and i think that's what it is this fifa uh, just like last fifa i think it's um it's, it's, sometimes it's a bit of a game of formation chess and you just got to go into each game of like and just understand what kind of opponent your player is. Like if they're the sort of the player that's um, slowly building up, you've got to, you can do whatever you can put a lot of people forward. They probably won't push as hard as you would. And then um, just kind of adjust your tactics on, on the mm. fly.
1: So do you find that useful then to go into each game thinking, what is my opponent? Like what type of player am I playing? A lot of the
4: time I'll know my opponent. Like I'll have some, yeah, knowledge-based, yeah. uh, like just from seeing them, knowing them, etc. But I'll have, the 4321 i have spoken about and then a more uh rigid four-two-three-one. obviously we've spoken mm-hmm. about it a bit before in the pod where it's like a couple guys on comeback it's very very stable it's not the best going forward but offers other things and th- then I'll um always have that option based on what I know the opponent's going to be like because sometimes in these high, high high, elite division games you come into um you make a mistake like that and you go one or down it's almost game over so to speak so yeah you do have to be careful and you have to you have to read your opponent early i think it's important especially in champs because you have no knowledge on these guys you just need to hopefully figure out in the first 15 minutes what kind of person you're dealing with because i think it's quite easy to see i think quite early someone gives away their star, whether they're playing a bit more across the back line or they're just flying forward i think you'll understand pretty quickly yeah that is
1: a good point though because if you're playing someone you're like wow this person builds up really slowly you can then switch to something where you can throw loads of players forward and you'll be fine because they're not going to build up too quick. Obviously, they might suddenly catch you out, but it feels like people really do stick to their style at a certain level. Yeah. And therefore, yeah, as you say, take advantage of that, whether it's like pushing lots of players forward if they build up slowly or, you know, kind of maybe playing a bit of their own game if they just want to counter you, you can sit back and, and be a bit more patient. Like I always, if I come up against a back five, I always uh, play extremely conservative basically to kind of annoy them a bit. Like I'll keep the ball like oh, yeah. with my oh, yeah. full backs uh, work it into the midfield where they tend to not have too many players and work it around. Because with those systems, what you want to do is just like lure them out of that and make them feel like slightly annoyed. And it sounds weird because I'm not really the kind of player who's like celebrating to wind up my opponent or whatever. But when someone has a five at the back and they're just... And, and you could say the same for someone who has like Six sitting back in a four-four-two type formation. Actually, if you can kind of play a bit of mind games and make them try to come at you a bit because they want the ball and they're feeling uncomfortable not having the ball, which sometimes they will, then you can actually like get them to overcommit sometimes and, and catch them out. And sometimes that is the only thing you can do, like slightly get under their skin, but in a kind of possession type way rather than necessarily, I don't know, throwing in a gritty or whatever um, after you score. And I think. Yeah, that kind of analysis of your opponent, I think is something that people do often forget. So I think it's useful to to talk about that. And i wanted to kind of throw out a few quick tips if people have any. One thing I've been noticing is that low driven's are really effective this year. Remember that to do a low driven this cycle, you just do lower than I think it's 40% power to get a low driven. Some of them will go a bit higher if you just tap it or go really low but they can be really useful across the keeper and actually at the near post too sometimes depending on if they've moved the keeper slightly a little kind of low shot at the near post or of course you know Travella outside the foot near post also very good so i guess that be my kind of quick tip of the week takes on low driven shots try them out um they are effective especially with you know finesse not being so good in the box it's a different alternative option anything from you josh quick thing that you found helpful more recently the thing that i found
2: most useful is more defensively uh, and it's second man press i i feel like there's a lot of tendency at the moment to just hold second man press and, and be very very aggressive mm. it's about learning the times to use it and the times to just let it let it go and let the play kind of if you're not in any real danger you can put pressure on the ball with a player you're controlling but You know, I feel like the player choice of second man press is very odd this year. Sometimes, you know, you can be chasing back with a winger, and you hit second man press, and your centre back will be the presser rather than the wing Mm. back that's like right there. And so, I feel like that's that's probably the main thing that I would kind of say defensively has helped me improve my game going forward. Um, to be honest. As much as this weekend was the most comfortable weekend that I've had in a while, the thing that was frustrating me, and I'm kind of opening this up as a question to the others, is I feel like this year players that spam tackle especially stand tackle it's difficult to punish them in the in a way that you used to be able to you know if you if you receive the ball with your back to them a lot of the time they can just press tackle and win the ball anyway which for me is ridiculous you shouldn't be able to do that even slide tackles from behind seem to get the ball Mm. more often than not but because of the way dribbling is because it takes a little bit longer to get that turn in by the time you can exploit the kind of space that their lunge has created. The The plays kind of moved on and the defenders recovered. And I think that's probably where going forward I need I, I need a few pointers maybe. It might be the players. It might be about using kind of slightly more technical dribblers to exploit that space quicker. But how are you kind of turning and facing up a defender quickly this
3: year? Yeah, I think typically I'll just try to like mix up I don't know what you would call it, like the cadence of your dribbling. Like sometimes people receive the ball and instantly they try to turn and do a skill move and go at goal or they, you know, do like a step over and then go the other way. And I think sometimes it just becomes very predictable. So it becomes quite easy to time those tackles. Mm. But I found it's pretty helpful. Even if you just dribble straight back towards your own goal from a decent um, situation that it kind of diffu- confuses the defenders because you're going away from goal. So that's like what they want you to do. But they're kind of waiting for you to do something else like turn and do a skill move or like do like a McGeeDee spin or something like that. But they just kind of then back off and you can just kind of stop and turn and you're just kind of in space. Mm. So just being less predictable and just trying to trying to mix things up. I think especially across the course of a game by like the 75th, 80th minute, you have a pretty good sense of how your opponent dribbles, like the patterns that they try to take. So if you can kind of mix things up at the end, I think that's really helpful. Yeah.
1: I mean, sometimes I've actually found if you start dribbling back towards your own goal, the center back or whoever's behind you, they'll just keep following you and just open more space. So yeah, that is actually kind of a good point. Uh, Tom, anything you're doing in that kind of situation, trying to, where you're, where you're, exploiting the the defender.
4: Yeah, the, the, there's no doubt the the spam tackling is very very annoying, and I think mm. even at every 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 level I've seen, I think it's pretty effective. So I think the thing that annoys me, and um, I need to do it more as myself, is um just the R one dribbling, and I think that when I when I play against someone who's R one dribbling back and forth, it's so hard to. Go in aggressively and take the ball off them. I think that's that's what you want to do in terms of if you know if you know you're gonna if you know you're gonna do it and you he re- you receive it and you know they're gonna about to come in behind you, just press it, move like away from the defender and obviously he'll he'll lunge in you'll you'll be able to you'll be able to keep the dribble up, like you'll be able to go left and right and um either then try and go past the man or just pass it around the side of him you know I think r one dribbling is very helpful for those for those people who do uh, spam the tackle button yeah one it's kind of a skill move I guess.
1: Well, it is a skill move, but it doesn't necessarily feel like a skill move when you put it off. But the hold lt and then I think it, it is lt and then press the or flick the right stick back twice behind you. Someone did it against me over the weekend that I was like, oh, that's kind of smart. And because it repositions you in a way that isn't necessarily super predictable unless you recognize the skill quickly, It can actually be quite nice for just turning yourself around and beating a centre-back who's likely to kind of follow the movement in the wrong direction, probably more so than they would do otherwise. And the great thing about it is you can cancel it, press LT and RT during the animation if you feel like you're not going to be ending up in the right position. So that could be something that is worth a go. But I do agree. I think it's, it's really frustrating to play against. The fact that tackling is easy to win the ball with It doesn't seem to matter too much about the quality of the defender. Whereas interceptions are less consistent, I think. Sometimes extremely strong, sometimes weak. And that makes it tricky for players who like to dribble like myself. And if you're more of a passing build-up type player, I think it is a little bit better. Especially if you use players with good passing. But it's made it a harder learning curve this cycle than I would have expected based on 22. And we had a few people say it has been very difficult this cycle to get good at gameplay, and I think there has been a big learning curve. The game is quite different, and I was wondering, Tom, what you thought about that. Do you think it has been harder to get up to speed?
4: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely similarities between 22 and twenty two uh, and 23 in terms of mm. there are things, especially with the, um, the the through balls, and there's a few crosses that are very similar. But in terms of like moving, moving around the pitch, learning, learning the passing, it's it's also, it is a real it's a brand new game. I think a lot of people are struggling with the uh, adapting. I think a lot of people are struggling on how they want to consistently score goals. I know that's what I'm I'm having issues with, where mm. I think if you're one dimensional, you're going to struggle. I think you need to have a lot of strings to your bow and like, have a lot of different ways of getting through. Because when you meet someone that counters what you want to do, I think you're going to really struggle to score goals. I think I think
1: that's a good point, because that's what I experienced during champs and the competitive games I've played is like, I'll be like, I'm flying, I'm doing really well. And then you'll face someone who actually really has a playstyle that doesn't work well for you or or works well against you, I guess. And suddenly you're like, oh, wait, am I not good at the game? Or you start to question it. And actually it's what you're saying about recognising the way people are playing. You've got to sometimes recognise that your opponent just had your number essentially throughout the game. And That's not going to be like that for every game you play. And that doesn't mean that opponent was necessarily a better player overall. But sometimes the way they play is just going to make it much harder for you. And I think that's important to say. Here's a a quick question to end this podcast on, actually. Luke was asking, I mentioned players being slow from kickoff and that being awkward. Uh, Do people have any routines or plans from kickoff? And I don't know whether this is alluding to
4: the player lock kickoff tom which i guess is something you've seen at your level so yeah i mean you can you can, the player lock um so what they do is they they pass it backwards and then they'll play lock send their winger whoever it be left or right or on a run and obviously um, and then once once they start running you player lock onto them and um basically call for the through ball like try and time it and i think if if you catch someone off guard like a lot of people aren't really Head, head's not, might might not be fully in the game at the start, you know, and they can, you'll be able to, um, catch someone a little bit off guard with stuff like that. And I think if you, if you can time it right, you will be in, in behind really early doors. Mm. But I don't, I don't use it. No, I think, um, for me, what I try and do is if I see basically, I send my winger on a run as well, but not, not, I wouldn't do across the pitch path. I mean, just down the line. And if I feel like, oh, they haven't grabbed the center back there and they're not running, they're not going to try and mark it. I do mm. try and loft one over the top just to see if, um, I can catch I can get the timing right and stay on side but other than that no I think kick, kick, kickoffs are powerful I feel like kickoffs you, you should really try and launch a proper attack like being wasteful from kickoff is really damaging cuz it is a very good opportunity to score most of the time
1: It's funny you say that actually because I've always found or more recently found it's very difficult to gain an advantage because you have that issue where uh, because they wanted to prevent the kickoff glitch players don't really move so are you manually directing runs yeah so
4: manually manu- l1 and just asking him to go basically yeah mm. i think um in this game in general i really would recommend getting really familiar with triggering runs because it really really is um mm. something that this game changing and if you learn how to hit the uh, the free balls after like like a lot of people you get behind i just I, don't, I i think you're you're wasting your your potential if you have getting behind on because you want them to give you everything right you can you want them to give them give you the option of not getting in behind because you can tell them to get in behind whenever, whenever you want sort of thing you know you can just tell them come here go go in behind with your l1 or r1 button and i think mm. you're really losing out on just a general like number nine hold up play if you just purely go for the get in behind so yeah i think learning your triggers is very very essential this year and it helps for the free balls
1: that makes sense there's a good tip as well about uh, using triggered runs and player lock i think is good and, and actually probably easier than directed runs in some ways so we can look at that maybe we'll talk about that in the future um but yeah anything from kickoff you tend to do josh it, this
2: may sound odd but i try and not treat kickoff necessarily as different to any other attack i, I definitely think the days of just sprinting at defenses from kickoff are kind of gone and I, I, what i tend to do is pass back and then usually especially when people are pressing or if they're in that four triple two or a four four two i my go-to tactic is four two four but it works the four two three one as well or or if you're in a four four two you can play a through ball out to a winger who's usually in quite a lot of space and you're almost immediately one-on-one with a wing back at that point you need to start triggering runs because you're going to get isolated really quickly but that tends to be the space i try and kind of use from kickoff Bring the ball inside with a winger, and then see if I can start getting a bit of interplay with with my two strikers. That that's my kind of only go to. I feel like they've done a good job at making kickoff less powerful, but it is still you can still feel defensively your team isn't quite alive yet. You can really feel in attack that your team is like mm. it's like watching United for the first five minutes yesterday is <laughs> West Ham. They're just not woken up yet. Um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, I think finding the space on the pitch in the attack, so usually on the wings, is is a good way to kind of create space um, and start getting a little bit of interchange
1: to start a proper attack from kickoff. Makes a lot of sense. And, and then finally, Hugh, anything to add yourself on kickoff?
3: Um, not really. I think sometimes I'll trigger my striker on a run, especially Holland, and then people start to panic about the through ball over the top. So I'll just kind of hold it until he's close to where I would play that pass, and then I just pass it to someone else because... They're so focused on stopping that through ball that they kind of leave everything else open. They might move defenders out of position. So it just makes like getting started a little bit easier, but I wouldn't say there's anything that's like a, a certain routine that everyone needs to be
1: doing. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's a good way to wrap it up. And I think on that, we are ready to wrap up this podcast. So yeah, Tom, Tom Stokes, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Always a pleasure to have you on and hopefully we won't leave it quite as long as uh, as it has been over this year. No, yeah. Thanks for having me. Anytime. And where can people find you actually? Because I'm sure you have probably got your tactics on YouTube. There'll be uh, guides and and obviously Twitch as well.
4: Twitch mainly. I twitch. I'm streaming every day on Twitch and YouTube. um Just in general, just type in hashtag Stokes and you'll probably find me or Stokes FIFA. Great, thank you. And of course to
1: Josh as well as always. Um, thanks for coming back. It was, uh, we didn't mention this on the content blog, but it was a slightly last minute call up. So I appreciate you accepting the call.
2: Yeah, absolutely no problems. It's, uh, it's a joy to chat. Always, uh, always learning. Mm. And, uh, I will catch you next time. Spreadsheet FIFA
1: on Twitter for those who don't know and on YouTube, Twitch, etc. And finally, Hugh as well. I mean, Hugh filled in very last minute for JAPES actually. So thank you very much, Hugh, for coming on as well.
3: Yeah, thank you for having me. A pleasure as always. And uh, if anyone has any questions, feel free to uh, message me in the Discord for the Foot Weekly pod.
1: Indeed, that wraps up this supporter episode. A huge thank you to all your supporters out there for keeping this podcast going. Of course, as I always say, it really, really does make a huge difference. And a big, big thanks to those Icon patrons. Dave B, Hugh J, Coach Vass, DJ FIFA player, Alan G, Alistair, Anthony R, Dominic P, Rob P, Jeff B, Stephen F, Tom B, Damon H, David S, Nick Jack M, Eric T, Neil P, Adam G, Elliot M, Dan W, at Pace of a Tortoise, Roger D, Jake G, Springford, Nishant, Harry P, Alex M, Lee A, Brendan W, Andrew C, Joe W, Timothy J, Dylan, Adam R, Sam K, Graham W, Andy adds H2K and
0: Brian V at Lowe's. We know you can get the job done faster. If you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time, that's why we've updated our app with your business in mind with the app. You can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders and much more. So you can get everything you need right away. Stay on the job, finish it and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros.
1: Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W, and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. Before I leave you, just one more thing to add, though. FIFA's a bit like life, really. It has its many ups and its many downs. If you're having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to... Struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice, support, or even just a friendly chat for anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, have a good one, and I'll catch you on the next podcast.